Dark Channel presents Noxo The Case Files of Joshua Chambers A crime drama set in the supernatural world of the Dark Charm universe and the havoc in Baltimore, Maryland and beyond. Episode 7 Krampusnacht It's December 5th, and Brendan Utenreiter has gone too far. I put out an APB on him after I got the information from Calliope Matranga, but that only helped a little. No one knew where Brendan was. He had no family left that had seen him at any point for 20 years. All we had to go on was an artist's rendering of the Christmas photo. It was nowhere close to what he looked like now. Dispatch for Anne Arundel County Police got a phone call from two nurses stating that someone had come into their children's ward and kidnapped three of the patients who were in their hospitals for procedures. The description was that of a man 6 foot 8 inches with a muscularly powerful physique and who could probably have weighed up to 375 pounds. He had long dark hair shaved on the sides and kind of like a neo-viking look and a long scraggly beard. His eyes were a shade of yellow and black. The nurse stated that for some reason he smelled like coal or sulfur, and it weirded her out until he made his move. The security people who tried to stop him were run over as if he were a bulldozer. They sustained very serious injuries. No one could stop him as he commandeered a large van and placed the children inside. Then he disappeared. After I got word from dispatch, I got a call from Dr. Kant. Tonight is especially significant in the Krampus myth, because this was his night, or Krampusnacht, as it is called. St. Nicholas's feast today is the next today, according to the Catholic Church. I thanked him for the phone call and started to make my way to precinct to get started on the manhunt, but then I got another call on my cell phone almost immediately afterward. It was an unlisted number, and I usually let those go to voicemail. I shouldn't have. Here's what I heard when I played back my voicemail. <laughs> what? Am I not important enough for you to talk to, Lieutenant? I just made your night even better. That sound you just heard was one of the orderlies. <laughs> Getting a second smile. I turned around on the freeway as I headed to where I knew he was going. The inevitable had finally arrived. I was going to Crownsville Hospital. I called everyone I could during the trip to let them know what was going on. Other police began following me as word spread. Dispatch called me again. Krampus had kidnapped more children from a different hospital. 
It was at this point that every hospital in the state of Maryland was put on lockdown, but the damage had been done. Now Krampus had six little kids with him, and all of them were ill or injured. In my mind, I tried to understand why Krampus would do this. These children weren't bad. These children did nothing evil to warrant this, nothing like the Krampus in folklore. But maybe this is my problem. I'm not supposed to understand. This is the result of the mutant kreutzfeldt jakob disease in his brain, or the spirit activity that was feeding him the power. After I got off the phone with dispatch, I received another phone call. Hello, Lieutenant Chambers. Josh, it's Calliope. You can't go after them without help. How did she know where I was going? I heard on the police scanner that they had a lead on the Krampus guy. That's why I called you. They're going to be slaughtered if they go in there without true protection. True protection? They got body armor and shit? And you're telling me that they'll be killed anyway? Precisely. I have an operative on the way here to meet you. You cannot let the other police officers near that place. But the asshole has children in the hospital, Calliope. How the hell am I going to stop him by myself? She started to get exasperated. And I'm trying to tell you, Joshua, you aren't. My operative is meeting you there, and he will help. I got another phone call coming in while I was talking to Calliope. It was the same unlisted number as the original number that Krampus had called from. Listen, Krampus is calling me. I have to let you go. How the fuck did Krampus get your number? Never mind that now. He'll kill another person if I don't answer. I hung up abruptly on Calliope and answered the phone. Lieutenant Chambers. Is this Joshua Chambers? Yes. Yes, it is. Hi, I'm Jerry from Publishers Clearinghouse, and we... I hung up the phone. It was a fucking telemarketer. At a time like this, you'd think that real life would just stop, but it actually doesn't. Fuck! I shouted. I couldn't elucidate my frustration any clearer. Twenty minutes later, I'd pulled up to the parking lot of Crownsville Hospital Campus. There were several squad cars and a SWAT unit ready to deploy. I quickly got out of my car and ran to the head of the squad, a burly captain with a gray mustache. You can't let them go in there. He turned to me as if I were an alien or something strange that he had never seen before. And why is that? He's got six kids in there. We're doing our best to get him out. He's only one guy. He's going to kill the kids if you go in there willy-nilly. Well, who are you? Lieutenant Joshua Chambers, Baltimore Homicide Division, Detective Unit. I'm a special liaison in this case. Lieutenant Chambers, I'm not going to go in there willy-nilly. There are several places where I'm placing snipers to take this guy out. Those children are my highest priority, not that maniac in there that took them. He's doing this to get to me, Captain. I'm telling you, let me and a colleague walk in there first. We can get this under control. A colleague? I only see you. I had to play it cool. He hasn't arrived yet. He'll be here shortly. Okay, Lieutenant, we'll give you 20 minutes. But then if your colleague isn't here by then, you'll go in with one of our boys. The anxiety washed over me like I was hit with a big wave at Ocean City. I walked back toward my car to get some things out of my trunk when I saw a man in a three-piece suit standing there. He wore sunglasses and his dark black hair was slicked back. He wore a pencil-thin goatee, much like Robert Downey Jr. in the Marvel movies, and his hand looked like a flat guitar case. Can I help you? He smiled. His grin was savage, almost predatorial. Ah. My name is John Darlington. I'm told that you have a problem there with someone of a higher caliber of power. Is this correct? You're the operative that Calliope sent? Indeed I am. His accent was strange. 
wasn't from around here, and I wasn't sure exactly where he was from. So, what do we do? First things first. He started to walk toward the other policeman. He leaped onto the back of a squad car like he was a cat. Graceful. Sleek. He pointed at me. Do me a favor, Lieutenant. I need you to look at the hospital, and not at me for the next five minutes. I didn't know what he was doing, but I complied. I could still hear him talking, though. Hello, fellow police. I am John Darlington of the 169th Special Task Force, and I want you to know that we have everything under control here. I want you to, however, listen to me very carefully. This situation was a cut-and-dry case. You can turn off your car cams and your body cams. It was as if everyone in the vicinity was turning everything off. Did they totally comply with him? When finished, he continued. When you all arrived, my suspect was found tied up and left for you as a present. My colleague, Lieutenant Chambers here, will have found him and dealt with him. You will not remember me coming to you and even doing this speech, nor will you remember my involvement at all. Is this understood? I thought he was insane. There's no way that anyone would- We understand. Excellent. You will give Lieutenant Chambers and I two hours to take care of this. If we do not come back in that time, storm the building. Am I understood? Yes. Darlington jumped off of the car and landed next to me. I whispered. How the fuck did you do that? Why did you do that? All I can tell you is that some things people should not know. I have a way of convincing the mind. It did not see what it actually saw. We have some time. Darlington put his case that he was carrying on the hood of a squad car and opened it up. Inside was a long, curved sword. Where the hell did you get that? I asked. It's been mine longer than you've been alive. He pulled it out of the case. It had a funny resonance, almost as if I could hear the screams that this thing had been used to kill. It was tremendously unnerving. How do I know I'm going to be safe in there with you? He pulled down his glasses and looked me over. You don't, sir. But that is the nature of the beast. Now, come on. Time is My ticking. cell phone rang once more. It was an unlisted number. I answered. Lieutenant Chambers. Finally, you and me. <laughs> I can't even begin to conjure the words I want to say to you. <laughs> Brendan, don't do this. We can talk this out. Don't you hurt them! I know no one believed you. I know that no one thought that you were telling the truth about your abuse. No child should have to go through what you went through. That's what all this is about, right? I asked. There was a silence on the phone. It was enough that I thought that he had hung up on me. He finally replied. That's what this was originally about. Not 
Doesn't matter anymore, Brendan. We're here to get you. I'm not Brendan. They hung up the line. It didn't matter. We were already at the front door of the main building. John Darlington looked at me steadily. Are you ready, sir? Ready as I'll ever be, I replied. My adrenaline was through the roof. I could have been drawn and quartered and wouldn't have felt a thing. I slowly opened the door. I had no idea where he actually was, but I got a creepy vibe walking into this abandoned place. It was as if the spirits of insanity itself were here, and they were trying to lash out at those who were sane. I noticed that John stayed in the doorframe. I turned around. What? What are you waiting for? He took off his glasses. This place is warded against people like me. Someone very powerful placed these wards. I cannot accompany you. I sighed. Great, how am I supposed to beat him? I can't very really well shoot him, can I? John pulled out a small booklet. You're going to have to enact the ritual. I cannot fight him off unless you get him out here. He won't budge. Take the booklet. Ritual? What ritual? John pointed to the writing on the booklet. This ritual will destabilize the spirit activity in this place and drain him of his power. I was going to enact it inside there with you while you distracted him, but I do not have the luxury of that anymore. You're going to have to do it alone. The sense of fear washed over me. I looked at the booklet. The words didn't make any sense to me. If it was Latin or Spanish or even a little French, I could have pulled it off. This was like I was reading Greek. What language is this? How do I pronounce these words properly? This is Romanian. This is from my home country. You're Romanian? Transylvania, but uh, now that it's part of Romania, just chant this phrase over and over. Duplesius et impartisia du pueteria, puteri u Christos de obliga. That was like trying to memorize the periodic table of elements. What the fucking hell? How am I supposed to memorize that? I can't even pronounce that! It's either that or I end up dead. Which one you want to do? I think Krampus can arrange either one. Not even Shakespeare could memorize this. It should decrease the spirit power that is feeding him, but only do the chant in front of him. I'm pretty sure that there are spirits and ghosts in the building that will come after you. And whatever you do, Lieutenant Chambers, do not lose the booklet. I snatched the booklet out of his hand, pulled my firearm, and walked into the former insane asylum. Remember, the gun will be useless without the booklet. Do the chant. I left John Darlington behind. This became surreal. The darkened rooms and the chill of the unknown came over me like walking into a haunted house on the boardwalk at Ocean City. The only difference being that this was real. The place, devoid of people, was a maze of broken things that were left behind when the place was shut down. The structure was beaten up and had fallen apart without constant upkeep. I remember being in this place as a kid and feeling uneasy. Not this creeped out. Fuck, Chambers, what have you gotten yourself into? I said as I thought aloud. I turned down the long hallway and walked into the first room, looking for Krampus. All that was in there were office desks and chairs. There was no place for them to move most of the things where they shut down the hospital, so they just left them here. Maybe they were going to reuse them for a new tenant for the building at some point. They kept suggesting that was the case. I noticed out of the corner of my eye a map of the grounds, and I picked it up to inspect. If Krampus was going to be anywhere, 
it most likely was going to be in the same room that he was kept previously. I knew where that was. It was the same room my father had been kept in. I exited the room after taking the map with me and headed into the direction of the room. But I was greeted by a brick wall. I looked curiously at the map and knew that this wall wasn't here before. I turned around to see whether or not I had maybe mistaken a different hallway, but then I was greeted with another brick wall. I was boxed in. I closed my eyes and tried to relieve my panic. Relax, Josh. You aren't being boxed in. This is an illusion. I reached out to touch the brick wall in front of me. It felt real to the touch. My cell phone rang. I answered it, but said nothing. On the other end was Krampus. Now you're going to feel exactly as I have felt, Chamber. started to close in on me as I hung up the phone. I was claustrophobic. I never used to feel like this, but all I could do was try and push the walls back. I started to scream, help me! Somebody please! Stop! I sat down and curled into the fetal position. Trying to rein in my fear, I began to chant something else entirely. It was the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom... The walls stopped moving, and I heard the sound of smashing coming from behind the walls to my left. Come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in... A figure smashed through the wall and stretched out a hand. Take my hand, I'll get you out of here. Heaven. I finished chanting as I stared into the loving face of my own father. Come on, boy, we don't have time. I didn't know if this was another trick, or the source of my salvation from this hellhole. I decided that it didn't matter if I was stuck in this ever-increasing room. I grabbed his hand and he pulled me out. Minutes later, I was sitting in a well-lit and bright room. My father stood above me, and he looked like a million bucks. Like the rigors of dementia and eventually Alzheimer's were gone. He looked like he did when he was in the prime of his youth as a young cop in Baltimore. Papa, is that you? I asked. He knelt down as if I were still only three feet tall. I realized I was still sitting Indian-style on the tile floor. Yes, my boy, I'm here. How? You died years ago. My father smirked a little. Nothing, and no one has ever truly gone, my son. They just travel through a different plane of existence. Is... is this heaven? Am I dead? I asked. My father stood up. No, this isn't heaven. Why would heaven look like this? This is uh, just a way station. Or this could be just a product of your own mind trying to protect itself. Well, what do you think? I finally stood up. This doesn't feel like where I was. Are you protecting me? 
I've been protecting you my whole life. What's the difference even in death? I ran over and hugged my father tightly for the first time in a decade. He was real. He felt real. He hugged me back and kissed me on my forehead. Tears ran down my eyes. I looked at his warm, loving face. Papa, I'm so sorry. Joshua, don't fret that. You and your mother had to do what you had to do. It was almost too far gone for otherwise. What happened in this place had nothing to do with you but them. They didn't treat people like people in here. Brendan became colder until I no longer remembered Brendan. How do I beat him? I asked, wiping my eyes. How'd you beat that other motherfucker? Huh? Vern Garvey, how'd you beat him? I stuck to my convictions and I was able to turn away his attempts. My father pointed at me and smiled. You have to do the same thing here. You have to stick your, to your convictions. You must be utterly confident in the rule of law. You must be confident in your ability to enforce it and what is right and wrong. You are to be an agent of righteousness against all that is coming against you. I don't know if I have the power to do that, Papa. It was then that my father smacked me across the face. It hurt like hell. Ow! Papa, what'd you do that for? No son of mine is going to be pushed around by doubt. Every time you doubt yourself, remember that slap. You'll never go wrong. He then hugged me again. When I opened my eyes again, I was sitting against the wall in the hallway where I originally was. My face still stung from the slap my father had given me. This was my wake-up call. My convictions were super-powered, and I knew deep down, no matter what I would do, Krampus was going to get his.